Hello and welcome to In the Word with Michelle Telfer. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of God's Word, the Bible. For more of Michelle's free resources, visit her website at intheword.com. And now, Michelle. Father God, thank you so much for drawing us together. And as always, I pray that I'd not get in the way of what you plan to do today. I ask that you would speak with clarity to our hearts and let it all be to the glory of Christ's name alone. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this, our seventh question of faith, we're going to be looking at the question, is it possible to hear God's voice? And if so, how? I think many people have heard someone say that God spoke to them, but many of us are not really sure what that means exactly. I remember when I was first starting to consider Christianity, I was actually a bit uneasy with the idea of believers perhaps hearing voices in their heads, and I wondered if they shouldn't get that checked. To be honest with you, as a new Christian, I didn't really expect to hear much from God anyway. You see, when I was a teenager, my father was absent, working in another city most of the time. My siblings from my dad's first marriage were much older than I and had already moved out on their own, and so that left my mother and me alone at home. Unfortunately, whenever my mom was displeased with me, which actually seemed to be quite often, she wouldn't speak to me for days at a time. So when I came to faith and understood that I now had a heavenly parent in God, I must say that I really expected similar disinterest and deafening silence from him too. But one thing I've learned over the years is that we can only trust our feelings and our life experience so far. Even as a new believer, I knew that I had to look in God's word to see what the scriptures said about that. And I was greatly encouraged because I quickly noticed that throughout scripture, God is revealed to be a God who speaks. For example, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 27, the prophet at one point tells King Nebuchadnezzar that there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And then God, speaking through another Old Testament prophet, says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, that his people are to call on me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So based on those scriptures alone, I knew I could expect and believe then that God is a God who speaks, and even beyond that, who invites me to interact with him. But still, my question was, will he really speak to me? And I found an answer to that in a beautiful illustration Jesus used to explain his relationship to us and ours to him. In John chapter 10, Jesus used an illustration that those listening would easily have been able to understand, the illustration of a shepherd and his sheep. You may remember we referred to this passage in an earlier question, but I want to spend some time on it again today. In those days, it was customary for sheep to be kept safe at night in a communal sheep pen that had only one gate. 
Shepherds would keep watch, taking turns at sleeping in front of the gate. When it was time for the sheep to be led out in the early morning, the gatekeeper would open the gate and the shepherds would call to their sheep. Just as Jesus described in John chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, he said, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Sheep would recognize the voice of their shepherd and they would come to him and follow him out into the green pastures beyond. And it's really no different today. When I was recently in Israel, our local guide told us a story that had just appeared in their local newspaper of a man who had come to live in Israel from South Africa He went into sheep farming, apparently, but one day when some Bedouin came by, a large group of his sheep went missing. Presuming that they'd somehow been mixed up with the nomads' sheep, he went to their camp and asked if he could have them back. They assured him that they didn't have his sheep. So the man started calling to the sheep in his native tongue, which happened to be Afrikaans and a large group of the Bedouin's flock separated from the others and came over to him. He'd found his sheep. Why? Because they knew the voice of their shepherd. This story really blessed my heart. I came to understand that Jesus will speak to me because I belong to him. And as I spend time in his presence listening to his word, I will learn to recognize his voice And I will follow him. So, how can we learn to hear the Lord's voice? I think we really need to ask Jesus to open our ears. Remember, I previously told you that Jesus' healings always pointed to how he could heal us in a spiritual sense as well. Well, let's look in the word at a healing Christ performed in Mark chapter 7, verse 31 to 37. It says there, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. They begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. If this healing is a picture of what Jesus can do for us spiritually as well, I think it's reasonable to assume that in order to hear his voice, 
we have to first humble ourselves by coming to him, to ask that he open our ears. And yes, perhaps it was this man's friends who brought him to Jesus, but the man still willingly came with them. But look at what Jesus does. He takes him aside, away from the crowd. And that really touches my heart, because as we come to Jesus, we have to be willing to draw apart with him in order to hear his voice. I think that to truly connect with Jesus, we have to be willing to turn away from the crowd and all the other voices that represents. Look at how Jesus deals with the man. He put his fingers into the man's ears, then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Additionally, he looked up to heaven. Do you see how Jesus initially connects with this man in a way that even he will understand clearly? He begins with the man where he is. It's almost as if Jesus is using sign language to him at first, telling him that he's going to unstop his ears and then touching his tongue before looking up to the sky to show that the healing was from God. You may wonder about Jesus using his own saliva during this, but in those days, people believed that saliva had healing properties, and surely Jesus' saliva did. But even before the man could fully hear him, he understood Christ and trusted him. Isn't that so like us in a spiritual sense? We don't have the complete answers when we come to him, but somehow, we do know that he is trustworthy. No sooner did Jesus declare be opened than the man was not only able to hear, but he was immediately able to speak sounds that he'd never heard before. What a miracle. You and I also have to come to Christ in faith. We need to believe that he will speak to us and we have to want our ears opened to his voice. He will speak to us where we are in a way that we can understand. And as we willingly turn our back on the crowds and withdraw to that quiet place with him, it is there that we will know his voice, just as Jesus promised in John chapter 10. I think the prophet Elijah teaches us that we've got to learn to wait on God and really listen for him. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 to 13, Elijah was in hiding and afraid for his life. He was desperate to hear from the Lord as he hunkered down in a cave. Verse 13 says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Do you see that God was not in the cataclysmic events? No, God's voice came to Elijah in a gentle whisper. He waited and he listened, and when he heard it, he responded. 
Many times we look for God to speak in dramatic, unmistakable ways. We want flashing signs and full volume directions. But God is so very often in the quiet whispers. And we need to be still before him. We need to listen. And when he speaks, we need to respond. Now, perhaps you're sitting there thinking, okay, but how can I learn to differentiate between his leading versus my own thoughts and my own desires? Well, that is a process that takes time. Though we can only scratch the surface here, our two greatest helps in this are going to be his word, the Bible, and prayer. Romans 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Read God's word. Listen to it in your car and on your devices. Study it. Think about it as you go about your daily life. You know, it's even helpful to commit it to memory as well. The psalmist says in Psalm 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But it's more than that because the word of God guides us. And verse 105 from that same psalm states, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Sadly, we don't always see God's word as the treasure it is. Some time ago, a good friend of mine went through a very difficult circumstance that I knew she would find very painful to talk about. I wanted to help, but I also wanted to allow her the space that she needed to process and come to terms with how she was feeling. Now, it may sound very old-fashioned, but knowing her, I sent her a letter to say that I was there for her and willing to talk as soon as she felt like she was ready. I didn't know it at the time, but apparently when my envelope arrived in the mail, she was having a particularly bad day, and so she shoved the unopened letter into the drawer of her desk. That day she wasn't ready to hear from anyone, and she decided to put it aside until she was. Time passed. Silence. Several months later, she called me in tears, saying that she had been struggling so badly she had felt that no one cared about her because no one had reached out to her in her time of need. But then, after months of pain, she stumbled upon my forgotten, unopened letter thrust back into the depths of the drawer. She opened it and was crying now with regret because she realised that all those months someone had been there for her, waiting until she was ready to talk. She confessed how she'd been angry with me, of all people, for not reaching out until she found my letter. Well, we had a good talk and there was healing because she finally came to understand that I'd been there all along, though in the stress of the moment she hadn't known it. This true life encounter made me think of how many of us find ourselves in a similar position with our Heavenly Father. He has written a love letter to us in the Bible, but in the midst of the pain and challenges of life, we've thrust his tender message to us into the back of a desk drawer. It lies unopened and our hearts break because we feel alone and that no one really cares. But he does care 
And his love is communicated on every page, if we will but open the text. If it takes a while for your ears to be opened, prayerfully persevere. Ask him to speak through the scriptures. Listen to what he whispers through them and be willing to do what he says. James chapter 1 verse 22 tells us, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, as we begin to make God's word the foundation of our lives and as we prayerfully ask him to speak to our hearts, There may be times when we feel God impress something on our minds for which there is no specific instruction in his word. For example, we may suddenly find someone on our mind and we can't shake the feeling that we should reach out to them. Oftentimes people will ask me, how do you know if that's God or if it's just you? And the initial answer is, well, you don't. But as long as the idea is in accordance with the principles in God's word, do it anyway. Obey and see what happens. Following God is always going to require some risk. And sometimes we will make mistakes as we learn to listen to him. But that's how a real relationship is built. People often ask me if God only speaks through his written word. And I must tell you that Occasionally, he does speak in other ways. Sometimes it may be through an individual or a circumstance, but we must be very careful here, for what he says will always line up with the written word of God. He's never going to communicate something different to what can be found in the pages of Scripture. Let me give you an example. There was a young nursing student that I used to mentor Her program often took her on clinical rotations to many different hospitals. During her training, there was a long time when she doubted her abilities and she didn't really believe that she could be a nurse, but eventually she graduated and started working at one of the hospitals that she'd been sent to as a student. During the course of her work there, though, she injured herself and ended up on limited duties, being assigned a job down in the basement of the hospital where all their paperwork went to die. For other reasons I'm not able to share, it was, again, a very challenging period in her life. Her job changed from day to day until one morning she was assigned to a very large stack of old nurse assignment sheets that had to be scanned before they were shredded. Now, the manager told her that none of them should have any staples or sticky notes attached to them anymore. But she was to be very careful because if a sticky note was still attached, it would jam the scanner. Well, my young friend started scanning the documents, but it wasn't too long before her mind started to drift as thoughts of concern filled her head over the very difficult time of life that she was in. There was much she was uncertain of, and as her mind drifted off, she was suddenly jolted to attention as she saw a brightly coloured sticky note disappear into the scanner. Immediately she prayed, Oh Lord God, please don't let it get stuck. Don't let it get stuck. And wouldn't you know it, it didn't. 
The machine spat the document with its brightly coloured note out the other side and all was well. She immediately grabbed the offending sticking She immediately grabbed the offending sticky note and quickly pulled it off the record only to see her own full name was written on the note. Almost to the day, four years previously, that note had been somehow stuck to the document when she was working as a student nurse on that particular floor of the hospital. She was stunned. What a coincidence. But the more she thought about it and the unusual circumstances that had placed her in the basement with that particular pile of papers that day, the more it bothered her until eventually she prayed about it. She asked God if there was something he wanted to say to her through that seemingly random sticky note. And as she prayed, suddenly a thought came to her mind that didn't seem to be fully her own thought. The words were very simply, See how I have kept you all these years and how I have brought you to this place. I will get you through just as I have before. Those words addressed her other anxieties, as she knew it was true. God had worked things out in the past to bring her to this place, and he could be trusted with her future as well. God spoke through a sticky note to my friend, but what he said totally aligned with what is revealed in Scripture. Hebrews 13 verse 5 tells us that God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And Philippians 1 verse 6 assures us that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In Psalm 32 verse 8, God promises, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. We're also told in Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. God had done all of those things and that random sticky note reminded her that indeed he had. Yes, our God is a God who speaks to his people. You begin by believing what his word says, that he does want to speak to you. Ask him to open your ears and to speak in ways that you will understand. Open his word, the Bible. Learn to draw away into a quiet place to wait for him to speak. Prayerfully listen for him and then Act on what you believe he says as it correlates with the scriptures, knowing that this is really how a love relationship works. You're developing that as you walk on with him. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word to our hearts today. And I pray that you would help us to begin to recognize your voice more and more. Help us to dwell in your word. Help us to spend quiet time alone with you, away from the crowd, just listening to you speak. Lord, help us to step out in faith and act on what we believe you have said, 
knowing that you will lead us in the way that we should go and that you will help us. Lord, I thank you so much that indeed you are a God who speaks and you are a God who reveals mysteries. It is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to In the Word with Michelle Telfer. Join us next week as we continue our study from God's Word, the Bible. Michelle's messages are also available on all major podcast platforms and on her website at intheword.com.